What's up, family? You are tuned into Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. This is Resistance in Residence, where we profile artists using their gifts to change the world. This week's featured artist is Spirit the Nation, an educator, radical healer, and mentor who has worked throughout the Bay Area. He has supported African-American wellness through the national campaign for Black Male Achievement, Oakland Freedom School, Florist Agenda's Camp Akili, Oakland Unified School District's Manhood Development Program, and Determination Black Men's Group at United Roots today with a few. Spirit of the Nation, or C-Sway, uh, utilizes his skills as a performer to build awareness, connection, and open doors to self-mastery. He is an MC and producer. Spear has released two joint albums with Lunar Heights, three solo projects, and has been featured on a host of songs over the past 20 years of his career. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, give thanks. It's a pleasure to be here, especially with family. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Looking yes, forward to building indeed. with you. Same, same. We got lots to, to handle in 2023. Come on, uh, man. Lots, yeah? Um, I want to start though, Ciswe, uh with uh, a little bit about Little Ciswe, uh specifically where and how you grew up. What was your family like? Man, it, it, it's funny. I'm, I'm, I'm really like a splitted image of my parents. My father was a, a jazz musician out in L.A. He played um, with Horace Tapscott's uh, Pan-African Orchestra back in the day. And, you know, just that vibration was in the house. And my mom was an educator. And she, I think she was in the game for at least 30 to 40 years at a Valley High School in Santa Ana. And, um, you know, I, w- I would just say the house just kind of fed education and just and, and the arts, you know, to me. And, you know, we grew up in Santa Ana. Then we moved all around Southern California, uh, Inland Empire, Los Angeles, uh, went to school in D.C. for a little bit, and then I uh, found myself home in Oakland. But as far as the youth, I would just say I was exposed to a lot growing up. You know, I was grow- exposed to many different forms of music modalities as, as well as culture. When did you discover music as an artistic outlet? Like, when did when did it jump into your body uh, or something you wanted to pursue? I was I would say it's, it's it's definitely been with me from birth, but as far as hip hop in particular, it was definitely around like nine, ten years old because my brother had this white Jetta, and he would always just you know it just had beat and just the vibration of the music was just you know it, it inspired me you know listening to like Biz Marquis, listening to you know LL Cool J, Big Daddy Kane. You know, the West Coast Grace and WA, EZE, you know what I mean? Yeah, it was yeah. Like Dr. I do. Dre, the way the way Dre was engineering them drums back in the day, yes. it was like, oh, this is what it is. I mean, and uh, my cousin Imani actually um, was also an inspiration. You know, he's a, uh, one of the members of the far side. So just kind of looking at him and seeing how close it was to, to reality was, was also a big inspiration on me. Uh, I think the last time we talked, which wasn't all that long ago, or texted, uh, you were getting ready to drop a new album. That that happened. Uh, talk to us uh, uh, about the album and and uh, what what folks can expect if they listen. Yeah, we actually, I would say, you know, the way streaming is right now, it's it's, it's actually been 
you know, it's been a, you know, blessing and a curse. But for me, I just had to kind of get out of my way and just start just releasing a lot of projects that I had on my computer and also just knocking out music, you know, on a, on a timeline. It's a little more consistent. So with that being said, I've actually knocked out probably about seven projects this past in, in 2022. If you uh, go to the Spirit of, Spirit of Nation site, yeah, between the, the project I did with the far side, I did uh, two Lunar Height joints. Um, I did something with uh, my brother's Curse Crew, uh, the youngsters I've been mentoring for a minute. And uh, but but the album that we just dropped is is the album called The Sway, and it's really just a reflection of me. It's a it's an EP. It's a solid six songs, and really I just kind of wanted to take them back just to the essence of just of just what it is. I wanted folks to get that feeling of like ooh like you almost got to put like some headphones and a backpack on. You know what I'm saying? And like just really uh-huh. get in, get just get into that vibe where your Tim boots, where where your Converse at, or something like that. And just it's it's a vibration because I think really says everything's been said you know every beaded pattern has been done every every word has been said i think right now what's, what's going to separate folks is is what feeling you leave them with and that's kind of the impetus of even you know starting the spirit works label and uh pushing all this music out from under this what we call radical healing music because it's really it's the process of music that's been really healing our brothers we've been taking all this work from the determinations from the camp achilles and really bringing that into the studio and, and sending folks through a process when they're making the music. So that's been beautiful. Talk about that process. Process. Well, it, it, it's funny. It was um, it was kind of like an epiphany we had when when Trey and Fat Lip came up. Um, we did a song. It was called "Let's Talk," and this this song was a song that kind of almost put their career, kind of re-sparked the career for them um, as far as their trinity. Because, you know, brothers still weren't really talking, weren't really interested in doing music. But they came up and they and they went through the Sankofa project. I just kind of walked them through. Cat, it wasn't even live, right? But they, they, felt the, they felt the ancestors walking with them uh, through the experience. And kind of afterwards, they kind of, you know, we debriefed and they, they shared a heartfelt moment, you know, Fat Lip and Trey. And um, just through that whole weekend, you know, there was like, you know, mushroom festivals and just activism. I think, you know, they saw your name on a flyer and they were just kind of just inspired by kind of what was happening here in Oakland. And um, they were just talking about how transformative that trip was. But, you know, Trey in particular said it was it was just seeing the work that Mizan and I have been doing and just really holding space for him to to kind of just be his authentic self through that process that um, really inspired, you know, not only the the project that we did, um, Spare the Nation featuring Imani Fatlip and Slim Kid Trey, but it, it inspired them brothers to really move the, push their differences aside and get back on the road again. And um, they're actually going to be out here February 17th, uh, New Parish, you know, for any of those Far Side fans out there. So, and the show is, is on fire. Talk, talk about uh, radical healing. Uh, and I, and I, I, I'm going to get to in, uh, interview your your partner as well. Um, and I'm going to ask you both this this same question: uh, What is radical healing, and how important is healing, justice, and addressing our trauma, right, to our struggle for Black liberation? Right. Yeah, it's it's funny, and and, and thank you for asking that question. And you know. Um, when you think about radical healing, you're really talking about healing-centered engagement. And it's kind of like a way of just approaching the world from a place that's more 
you know, healing centered, so to speak. It's like, you know, connectedness as opposed to isolation, you know what I'm saying? Cooperation as opposed to competition. And we know a lot of these um, statements and a lot of these ways of, of, of being, you know, they're not just something we, you know, we say it's, it's something we do. They're verbs, right? So love is a verb. Healing is a verb. It's something that takes work. So I lift that up because I know sometimes healing, it can sound soft. But really, that, that healing is, is, is hard work, man. It's hard work because it starts at that individual level, you know, really dealing with self. You know what I'm saying? Really dealing with self. How do I really, you know, deal with me? So I could be the best version of myself. So when I step into these relationships that I have, these interpersonal relationships, I can, you know, create to the best of my ability that world that I want. And and from those worlds, you know, theoretically, <laughs> create the institutions that we want. But, you know, knowing that first institution is family. And that is something that we have control over, the tribes that we build and the way that we choose to, um, you know, build within them and create within them is important. And, you know, do we want it reflecting life? Do we want it reflecting death? I mean, you know, this experience is all of it, you know what I mean? But we, we do have to find balance within it as well. And I think, um, yeah, that's kind of one way to look at it. So, so to, to talk to me about the added obstacle for our people, our young people in particular, right, of doing that work on self, right, which is the only thing really I agree that we have we have control over, while also dealing with the daily avalanche of both micro and macro aggressions, assaults on our humanity, the denial of our humanity, the witnessing of what I call uh, nigger porn, right, the lynchings of, right. of black on, folks. Man the modern day lynchings of black folks uh, that happen every day in this country is just, it's so much like I'm so clear about why we're traumatized, including me, right? Like I am mm-hmm. walking wounded and it does not always uh, mm-hmm. show up in a way that's particularly helpful. I also have what I call the luxury, right? Of, of being immersed in a particular political culture that has structure and accountability and political education and support Um Talk, just talk talk about that a little bit, please. I mean, yeah, I think those all those things are are important. All those things are are yes. How how do you, how do you address that with the youth? And I think really it's about just creating the spaces. And I think the agency has to be lifted up. The 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 acknowledgement of yes, you can do this right you can you know create these worlds you can yeah i know this is against you i know this is against you but you can do this but like you say it's also had examples you know what i mean we're outnumbered out here <laughs> you know from social media like you say all the nigga porn is out there you know both you know in our physical world and our virtual war world you know that is that is the challenge and that's kind of why we're out here. So I think really one thing is just kind of politicizing our youth. I think that's that's one thing is just understand, think about what you think about, understand what you're consuming. You know, how do we how do we become more active and more more of agents in our life? And I think that's that's one antidote because I think it's hard for me to find the answer to this question because I don't think we've had the answer yet. If because if we did, we would we would have seen 
some of these patterns, you know, change. I feel like some of these patterns are getting worse. I'm looking at the schools. I'm, I'm like, we saw this 20 years ago. What's happening? We're still looking for sister programs. We're still looking for this type of program. So I think it's something about building the agency within the individual to be okay with that world, but understanding that freedom ain't free. You know, freedom does come with some of those structures and disciplines just so we can sustain. So, you know, kind of starting from ground zero. And like you say, create spaces, create opportunities like the Sankofa experience, create opportunities where we could take them away for a while, you know, create new schools, new ways of teaching. I guess all I'm saying is it has to be new, Kat. <laughs> it, it has yeah. to be new. And I'm thinking about what that newness is. I don't think it's going to come from me in particular. I think it's going to come from a collective genius, come from a collective thought, you know, of all of us, even folks on the opposite end of the polls, because we're going to have to find somewhere in the middle because um, it's a mess right now. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You, you feel I, me? I, I, I do. Like, listen, I'm a stuttering now, right? Um, yeah, I mean. and, 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 and it's got to, like, even at APTP, right, like, we've doubled down on healing justice. Like, we've got a healing justice director about to hire a healing justice manager mm-hmm. um, and, 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 and get real clear that it's, it's just as, if not more, important than the organizing. Because if we're not addressing this, these conversations, right, um, then, then we put Band-Aids on gunshot wounds. You know, one thing I will say now that we, you know, now that you, I was able to get some of that out is one thing that I hear a lot is people just want time and space. I think that's step one. You know what I mean? Because we're always reacting and responding. And I know that life don't stop. But where are those moments in time just to really get clear on, damn, let me just hear that inner voice for a minute. And it's going to be a process. It's going to be a purge. Put your phone down. Put these habits down. I think getting back to nature is going to be real important in these upcoming years. Just getting back to some kind of grounding, you know, the mountains, the ocean, the river, um, some kind of rituals around nature, I think are definitely going to help. Yeah, that's how I stay sane. I actually just moved. Uh, I ain't telling people where, but I actually just moved. I'm still, (laughs) still still in Oakland, uh, but to a place where I, I am surrounded by trees. Yeah. Surrounded. Um, I just, it got real critical for my mental health, right? You can't work in the trauma uh, and not have respite, especially, you know, since we've been, uh, since most of us are now, you know, working from home, right? There's no separation. Uh, right. And I'm talking specifically to us that that do the the organizing and work and deep engagement with our people. Uh, Siswa, you've mentioned Camp Akili a couple of times. I, every, every the dopest people, that I've met, uh, uh, it, it, you know, outside of my, my, my squad, uh, but the, or in addition to my squad, the dopest people I've met in Oakland somehow attached to Camp Akili, either they went through the program or worked at the program or both. Uh, tell, tell the people what, what Camp Akili is, please. Well, Camp Akili, you know, historically is, is, a, is a five-day camp that, you know, would take youth out of the city and, you know, it's been many things, you know, Camp Akili is a ritual, but, but to really give you the concretes, Camp Akili was a thinking camp. It was, it was a space for you to really unpack all the isms. Your, your isms were violence, uh, the, the racism, the sexism, and it was, it was a place for really, really an opportunity for really intense healing for the young people. Like able to, and really, Kat, as you probably know, 
a lot of the magic is just in the storytelling. You know what I mean? It, it kind of takes us out of that isolation, just being able to share a story, being able to share with someone like, you know what, dang, I ain't alone. And, you know, even empowering that voice, you know what I mean? To 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 shake and free that that might have been holding us. You know what I mean? So if you think about like a sponge on your sink that's, you know, soaked, imagine just taking that sponge and wringing it out. And everything in that sponge was just the toxicity of the city. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of what Camp Achilles was. We was we was doing our best to just wring ourselves out, wring the youth out, and just wring the community out of just all of those poisons and, and just traumas that we was carrying, even if it was for one week. You know, just to feel something different. And and that was the magic. That was the magic. Cause, and that was also the hardest part because, you know, that last day, knowing that we had to re-enter into sometimes the circumstances that brought us trauma was just hard. So the importance of that follow-up work, going back to even your, your question about what do, what do we tell the youth? You know, what we tell the youth. What I tell the youth really right now is just imagine something different. And just really know that you can create the world that you want. As crazy as that sounds, I got to tell you that because we can't get stuck in the same pattern. I remember at determination, a young brother was like, you know, the hood is never going to change. And I've heard this statement for many years during the work, but that night it just hit me different. And it, and I understood that, damn, this is also a part of a mental programming because that's, that's where it sound power. If we're all saying that, that these circumstances aren't going to change, they never are going to change. Because it's not even giving our mind and spirit the opportunity to accept something different. So I pulled that young brother to the side, and that's kind of when I was clear that we got to get these, these they, we need experiences. We got to experience something different. We got to experience what an apology feel like. We got to experience what, I'm, I'm sorry, I thank you, you know, give thanks. I got to, you know, young sisters got to experience what it feel like to be a gentleman around you. And you know what I'm saying? It's like thinking about my own daughters. You know what I mean? Like what what experiences are we giving our young people to let them know that there are possibilities? So look, you got me on my soapbox now. <laughs> well, that's the point. This is to provide, provide a soapbox uh, to folks I, I, I deeply and dearly respect uh, and, 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 and or love or... You've, you, you've mentioned family, and I'm actually going to ask uh, Nizan uh, a similar question. You know, I, I got to be in space with you and your family, uh, you know, with Young, Gifted, and Black uh, specifically. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Talk about the way you've brought both art and politics into your home. Man, honestly, it was, it's, as we say, before Mizan and I had, had children, we knew why we was linking up. And it was always for the liberation of black people. That that was just where we was at. We 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 have to do our part in this liberation struggle. And and with all of those politics, all of those experiences, I wanted to make sure that that we always brought them home and just really live that example, be that example. You know, like I tell my sons all the time, like it's it's the hardest part for me was. Like to be brothers this way was easy, but to be a father was hard because you, you got to see all the demons as well. You know, I could kind of hide my demons when I'm in community. So when I come home, just, just even doing that inner work of just trying to be the best father I could be, the best brother I could be. And I think that's really what the youth saw. You know what I mean? Just how do we apply 
apply these lessons, you know, apply these, these, these downloads, apply this information because it's nobody's perfect, man. It's, it's every day. It's a struggle to be a good person. You know what I'm saying? It's easy to just fall down into the darkness, even for brothers to sweat. You know what I'm saying? Whoever's listening to this, I just need folks to know that it's, it's a decision. It's a choice. And, and, you know, just trying to set that example for the children. And, and really, it's, it's folks being, you know, having folks around, you know, the Turhas, the Chays, the, you know, the Bingies of the world, the Cats, you know, the, the Baba Adaris. I really got to lift up the Oakland Village, you know what I mean? Because honestly, I think without y'all, our children would probably think we're crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Just to know that there's other people out there on the same vibration and the same wavelength, I think is also very, very important. You know what I mean? So just commending all of y'all out there doing the work. If you're hearing my voice, you know who, who it is. You know what it is. I thank all of y'all for being shining lights in my children's life. And thank you for being a shining light uh, in, in my child's life. Um, okay. All right. Seven projects you banged out in 2022. What's the plan for 2023? Man, I'm, I'm a, I had to go ahead and claim artistry. So I'm an artist now. I, I never used to say that. But, you know, now I'm, just, I'm claiming artistry and I just want to continue to make music. But um, real talk, and Mizana probably talk about it more, we're actually building a retreat center in Mount Shasta. So that's kind of really, we, we, want it, we want it to be a, a culturally, you, know, you already know what it is, it's going to get all wordy, but, a, a, you know, a culturally based healing art center for artists. You know what I mean? For folks to like unplug. Build, look, you want to do an album? Come do an album up here with us. Go through the process. Come get in these healing waters. You know, get in the sweat lodge, kind of whatever. Like, how do we bring all of these medicines up and really incorporate it into kind of what we're doing in Mount Shasta? And really just, um, you know, just get in the way. Because if you've been up there, you, you know the magic. And there's something about that mountain. And um, it's just a blessing to have acquired the land that we have. We only have a well on it at the at the moment, so we are uh, starting our capital campaign. So a lot of the work is going to be around that this year, just really uh, acquiring the land to just really build this state of the art healing facility for our folks, man. Um, there's not too many uh, facilities ran by people of color in 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 California and around the world. Um, we were tired of seeing the same narrative. Um, it's kind of like white folks in the front, brown people in the back kind of vibe. I don't, I don't want to, you know, I just, I'm just calling it as I see it. I haven't really seen too many melanated spaces as far as healing centers and retreats that really reflect the people. So Mizana um, and I took it upon ourselves to step in that direction. So, and unfortunately I will say, seeing that. oh, it's, it's going to be dope. I can't wait to host y'all. Can't wait to have, you know, shoot, whoever, all the fam come up. Yeah, I mean, as far as that, just just look forward to some more music, man. Look some more music. I actually reached out to Turha, and I I, I want to really collaborate with Art as a Tool this year a little more, and um, just to kind of see how we can interface and, and work together a little more uh, this year. So that's one thing I will say um, I'm looking forward to as well. All right, Sisway, Spirit the Nation, thank you so much for joining us today. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Kat.
You're listening to Law Disorder. I'm your host, Kat Brooks. This is Resistance to Residence. We have been speaking with Siswe, or Spirit the Nation, an educator, radical healer, and mentor who has worked throughout the Bay Area. He has supported African American Wellness, the National Campaign for Black Male Achievement, Oakland Freedom School, Flourish Agendas Camp Akili, and so much more. He uses his skills as a performer to build awareness, connection, and open doors to self mastery. <laughs> You've been listening to Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. That's it for this episode, family. Law and Disorder is produced at KPFA. That's listener-supported radio on the Pacifica Network. The show is produced by Jesse Strauss and hosted by me, Kat Brooks. Our theme music was composed by Steve Raskin of Fort Knox 5. Our Resistance and Residence theme music was composed by Jesse Strauss. If you like what you heard, please follow us on social media at Law and Dis. And subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also find our content live at 8 a.m. weekdays on KPFA. That's 94.1 FM in the Bay Area. Our show and all KPFA's programs are funded exclusively by you, the listeners. If you're in a position to support us, please donate today at kpfa.org. Take care of yourself and take care of each other. We all we got, fam. <laughs> <laughs>